may have saved your soul. Tatum is reeling from the chance exquisite haymaker. Yeah, at the worst possible time. Four finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount, Australia's favourite Simpsons based podcast. Proudly brought to you by the Simpsons Best Moments Facebook page and NoHomers.net. I am Dando. I am Mitch. You looked very excited then. What happened? I was ready this time. Last week I was caught off guard <laughs> oh, by the intro. Your little nod there was great. I was. It was like, I'm, I'm good to go here, Chief. I feel like you're in a really good mood. I, I sense that you played well at cricket training. Like you uh, had a good session. Well, I've been running. Yeah, like, I think it's just the endorphins from running around a little bit. You haven't even taken your shoes off yet. That's what you, No, you're still I'm ready, ready to go. go. I'm ready for action. But you bought a hammy, you said. <laughs> I quad. I, oh, quad. <laughs> I, I, I strained my quad a little bit too much. Too much squatting? Because you're wiki most of the time, Just right? too much outside. <laughs> I, I, I'm not good at it. If I'm outside for too long, I'll hurt myself. We learned that last week. Speaking of, Dean listened to the podcast today at work. He oh, goes, did he Show me it? the link. He enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah my mum had a good laugh as well from last week. If you haven't listened, guys, go back and check last week's for... You learn a little bit of something about Mitch's history. <laughs> did she find Mitch it Mitch learned a little bit of something about his own history. Was she like, oh yeah, I remember that guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, she did actually. She, she disputed the ages, she, but I don't know. You know, time, Ooh. memories are different. We need to get them both on. That could be awkward. Yeah. <laughs> is Dean single? No, he's not married, but he's been with his partner for like 25 years. Ah, uh, okay. Well, if that goes south, we'll see <laughs> yeah. if we can put them together. We can play matchmakers. It'll be great. Yeah. Oh, before we get into today's review of, uh, what are we doing, Homer versus Lisa and the Eighth Commandment? Yeah, one of the longest titles it's uh, of Simpsons history. I've conceded, man. I will admit that it sounds better as Mitch and Dando. Do you, I, I don't know that it does. This is my, like, so my dad pointed this out, or I just thought it was my dad kind of being a little bit, putting his own son up there in the limelight. Say it. Mitch and Dando. Dando and Mitch. I reckon if you go Mitch and Dando, you kind of lose the Mitch a little bit. The Mitch and the and bleed into each other. Dando and Mitch. Mitch and Dando. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, Dando and Mitch does sound better. It does, yeah. I always come first. And it's alphabetical. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's true. I was going to put it to the listeners, but not screw it. Staying at Dando and Mitch. No, I'm more than happy to be second fiddle. (laughs) You weren't last week. You seemed irate. About, but no, I, no, it's all theatre. <laughs> Alrighty, so get into the review. What was your first thoughts of the episode before going back and watching it? What uh, do you remember about the episode? You know, honestly, not a huge amount about this one. This, it's been a really long time since I'd watched this episode. Yeah, so I remembered main points, but I'll be honest, I forgot that the whole Dredderick Tatum fight was in this. Oh, that's um, all I remember, that the fact that Homer had a boxing fight that everyone wanted to watch. Right. All I remembered was stealing cable. And it wasn't until I'd probably got the, I was maybe five minutes in, I was like, oh, yeah, shit, that's right. All of this happens now. So yeah, I'd, I'd really forgotten a lot about this episode. I forgot that it had such a really good moral story to it. Yeah, all the way through. That was, yeah, the, the other thing that as I was watching through, it really stood out to me. I was like, it, it really showed a lot of Homer kind of battling with his own demons and we'll cover, I'll, I'll get a little bit more into that as we get through. Well, Algin actually mentioned this in the commentary as well at the start. He said that whenever someone said to him that the show was too outrageous and it had no, no moral censor, he would always point to this episode. Yeah, okay. Because although it has outrageous uh, antics in it, like going to watch the fight and blah, 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 stealing cable, the backbone of it is the story between Homer and Lisa. Who would have... I can't imagine anyone would have made that comment that the show has no moral centre. The only reason the show was good is because of its moral centre. Direct quote. Yeah, apparently people would say they had no moral centre. That's crazy. I know, right? They have a kid saying, damn, and they think that it's a moral. That's that's stupidity. What I also thought about going back and watching it again was that it's still as relevant today as it would have been in 1991 in the sense that the main theme of it was stealing. Yeah. Homer stealing cable. A lot of other things being stolen throughout the episode. Yeah. 
you can compare that now to modern day piracy. With piracy, yeah. yeah, it's exactly the same. Yeah, and it probably always will be. I mean, human nature, realistically, no matter what is out there that you have to pay for, there'll be people trying to get around paying for it on mass. What I thought this episode did good was that it pointed out just how many things you do in your day to day life that could be considered stealing, but you don't really notice it. Yeah, like for example, I'll be honest, I've downloaded stuff off the internet. And I am the kind of person who would... It makes you realize you're a hypocrite because I would look... I would frown upon someone that steals something from the shop, but I'll go and steal a song off the internet. I guess it feels more direct when you're stealing from a shop. Yeah. And realistically, if someone steals a Mars bar, you're not upset about the fact that they stole from Mars. You're upset that they stole from the person that runs that store. If it's a local milk bar or something. Exactly. And when you're taking something off the internet, then there is no that store. It feels like you're just taking something from Sony and they have millions of dollars. <laughs> That's... You know, so it, it's harder to kind of have that immediacy. The other thing it did was it brought back great memories of when everyone had the gold cards for Foxtel. Remember? Don't talk about the gold cards. <laughs> the uh, for for our international viewers or listeners rather, or f- perhaps for people in Australia that weren't quite lucky enough to experience a gold oh card. My God. Everything you had, everything, every pay per view, like oh, we call it main event. Every main, I call pay per views main events purely because the channel is called main event. Yeah. So we had every like concert and wrestling pay per view and the adults only channels. We got everything. Everything. There used to be rumors. I don't even know if this was true. They would have rumors that the Foxtel would be able to send out a signal that would fry your gold card. But oh. I reckon that was just you know lies and misinformation spread by Foxtel. Now, what they, all they did was they converted to the smart cards yep. where you had to insert the smart card in and if your smart card wasn't sending the signal to Foxtel, it would come up on the screen. You have like, say for example, 15 minutes to insert your smart card or we are wiping your service. <laughs> insert your smart card. You have 15 minutes to comply. <laughs> Live or die. Make your choice. <laughs> um, yeah, so original air date was February 7th, 1991. The chalkboard gag was a will not make flatulent noises in class and the couch gag was the family dances before getting on the couch. This was a really... I remember seeing the couch gag thinking, that's one of the ones that sort of re- I remember a lot of, just doing the funny Egyptian dance. Yeah, definitely. I know whether they've used it numerous times, but it's just that's something that stuck with me, that one. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. It, it it feels like it would be a recurring episode, or, or uh, sorry, a recurring couch gag, or is it just something that, as you said, that stuck out in my memory a little bit? It's hard. Um, we'll find out as we go along. That could be a, a list, a top 10 couch gag list. What are your, some of your favorite couch gags? I don't like the circus song and dance one. It gets played too much. Well, it did back in the 90s anyway. Yeah, it always just dragged on a little bit long. Yeah. I, I don't know. Look, I'll be honest. It's not something that I've ever... It's always just been a kind of nice to have, but I've never really cared all that much about them. These days, catch gags, they've become like a thing. They've become like a mini movie, and it's sort of... I'm not a huge fan. Like, there's one catch gag for, I think it was the debut of season 26, maybe. It went for like two minutes. Yeah, I saw the Ren and like, Snippy one for the last Halloween episode. Yeah, went for a really long time yeah, as well. I just, I, I get what they're going for, but I, maybe it's just not my thing. Maybe I'm just outdated. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, it, just, it never really meant all that much to me in the first place, so it just doesn't mean all that much to me now whenever they play around with it either. Yep. Now, it was written by a man named Steve... Apologies if I mispronounce this. Monaghetti. Papoon? P-E-P-O-O-N? Papoon? P-E-P-O-N, did you say? P-E-P-O-O-N. Oh, Yeah, I'd say Papoon. Bit of a fun fact. I knew this, but you... I found this out last night. He was a freelance writer. Which is awesome. It is awesome, but it made me just a little bit filthy, because if you've been following along on the Facebook page, you would have seen a little while ago, I posted, or we posted rather, an article that I'd written suggesting some future ideas for Halloween episodes, Treehouse of Horror episodes. Or segment ideas. Now, we posted, uh, sent that to Al Jean on Twitter. And a bunch of other people were like, you know, have a read of this, let us know what you think. Now, Al said to me, sorry, but because of policy, I'm not allowed to read it. 
Well, that policy's obviously fucking changed, hasn't it? Because <laughs> back in 1991, happy to read scripts from wherever they came from. Maybe it's because everyone saw that uh, Mr. Papoon or Papoon had written into The Simpsons. And, or, I don't know whether he'd written in, but you know, he was a freelancer. Right. And they thought, hmm, maybe they'll take script ideas from everybody. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. But I don't know. Is Mr. What else has Mr. Papoon written? <laughs> Let's look it up. Uh, he better have been a professional writer, I swear to God. <laughs> Can you imagine how many people have probably sent dummy scripts to The Simpsons? I'm sure there would be, yeah, hundreds a day, yeah. <laughs> a week, uh, heaps, man. It's definitely none as good as what I sent in, though. Oh man, I'm sorry to like Jurassic you know, Pork. <laughs> I don't want to be all like oh, I'm the greatest, but just they're damn good episodes. Yeah. Was it Jurassic Pork? Yes, it was. Jurassic yeah, Jurassic Pork. Pork. That was uh, great. Homer cloning Spider Pig. Fantastic. Hi, hi, every zombie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, so getting into it. So it starts off with the first ever sort of fantasy flashback kind of opening to an episode. On the series so far, yeah, really. I, this this was one of the main things that I did remember from the episode. Uh, this opening sequence. I forgot that it was in this episode. I remembered it, but I didn't remember it was this episode. Yeah, right. So it's twelve hundred and twenty BC. BC. I'm really bad with Bible stuff, man. Okay. So apologies. Before Christ, yes. Jesus isn't I, I around understand yet. Understand that much? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, good. So Homer is the thief, and the adulterer. Do you know who? Notice who it looked like? Harry Shearer. Jacques. Oh, Jacques. Actually, yeah, you're right. Sorry, it did look like it was especially <laughs> Shearer. Jacques with the beard. I don't know, because he has a big nose. Like, whenever yeah, I look at the... I guess. <laughs> whenever I look at the adulterer, I just think Harry Shearer. I don't know why. I just thought that that was an homage to his face. Jacques makes a hell of a lot more sense, though. <laughs> exactly right, yeah. And what was the other one? What was the guy sculpting stuff? Uh, he was the... Uh, well, he was uh, creating graven images. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what the name of him was now off the top of my head. Yeah. I've gone blank. But I loved the fact that that's what they were referred to. Like yeah. Home of the Thief. That's yeah. just his title and everyone accepts it. it it's just because there was no law against it. Yeah. When I was a kid, I didn't understand this intro. It meant nothing to me. But going back and watching it yesterday, I was like, this makes so much more fucking sense to me now because it sets up the episode. Oh, yeah. Well, duh. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> what else did they put it there for? When I was a kid, I was just like, what did that have to do with anything? <laughs> uh, yeah, fair enough. You were a slower child. So Yeah, well, it was, yeah. So, it's basically Moses giving the, the Ten Commandments and yep. everyone losing their jobs, essentially. Thou shalt not steal. <laughs> Sorry, Homer. Yep. It was like Homer's job was being a thief. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Homer's like he's one of the last ones read out, just really enjoying it. Come on, keep keep him coming, Moses. <laughs> Do you know who the voice of Moses was? Um, Jesus, Phil Hartman. Oh, did Phil Hartman? He did well, three voices in this episode. Oh, really? Besides well, the debut of Troy McClure. Who else did he sneak in with? I'll get to that in just a few moments. Oh, all right then. <laughs> Pardon me for jumping ahead. Yes. Basically, well, that's it for the first segment. So you know from watching this, okay, the Ten Commandments are going to come into it somehow. Yeah. Cuts to present day. Now, one thing I noticed in this shot that, I, that really impressed me, just a little bit of detail, was that Santa's little helper was next to Homer, but he was drinking out of his cup. Just a little, like, just out add, of Homer's cup. Yeah, out of Homer left his glass on the ground, and Santa's little helper obviously snuck up and was drinking out of his glass. Nice. I'm a really big fan of animals acting as if they're humans. Like, yeah. I have a cat that will drink out of my glass. She drinks more out of my own glass than she does out I of her bowl. I hate how cats drink, though. Just their tongue just frustrates I've me. I've never really noticed all that much, but... <laughs> you know, watch the cat drink. Oh. Not closely. <laughs> it happens to me all the time. I leave my glass next to the couch and Jet's like, I'm going to have something to drink now. Yep. <laughs> has, have you, has your dog ever drunk alcohol? Jet has. No. he. Oh, Murphy did um, the other day. Because as, as we are all aware, I've been alone in the house for a week How's that and a going, half. by the way? I did spill a little bit of beer and Murphy licked it up. Yep. Like, it was, lapped it up. Um, it was outside, so he was mostly just licking dirt. Uh, I, I, I was really disappointed, though, because you know when Homer's having his 
Day of Church in Home of the Heretic. Yeah. I was expecting you to be reenacting every single clip from that. <laughs> like you in your underwear in front of the couch with like chocolate on your chest or butter. I just haven't had anyone around to take a photo of it. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> the other issue. Do that. If you get in your underwear, sit in front of the couch, a dog licks the I butter. I haven't been out of my underwear. Do you have any idea how difficult it is for me to put on pants now? Because <laughs> I've just been so used to not wearing them. I thought it would be the other way around that you wouldn't be having underwear on. No, I have at least something on. I have neighbours. <laughs> so, you know. And Don't you have blinds? Yeah, but... I'd be freeborn at like anything, man. Uh, I prefer to just leave the blinds up a little bit, get a little bit risque in the morning. <laughs> So it makes makes that opening just a little bit of excitement in the day when you don't quite know who's going to be over the back fence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Homer, he is Flanders yelling over the back fence, looks to see what's going on, and Flanders is angry at the cable guy because he tries to sell him on illegal cable. Illegal cable. And Homer's like, that's probably something that I like. Chases him down the street for it. And I love it. He jumps in front of the car. He's yeah. willing to risk his life for yeah. free cable. <laughs> and the, the dramatic, like, flicking his head back, you know, when he's about to get yeah. hit. It's the... What do you want? I want free cable! <laughs> Yeah, so he installs the illegal cable and he gives him the pamphlet so you've decided to steal cable. Now, it's a throwback. Well, not a throwback, but it's funny how they had the So You're Going to Die. Yeah, actually, you're right. It is a similar pamphlet that wouldn't have, you know, funny pamphlet because it wouldn't exist. The other way that I took that joke is that illegal cable is so common. It, it, it's almost like a big business itself. It's legitimized itself by going out there, getting pamphlets and advertising. I love the justifications of it. It's like... Myth. It's only fair to pay for quality first-run movies. Fact. Most movies shown on cable get two stars or less and are repeated ad nauseum. I was thinking when I first, when I was watching it, thinking, why is it such a big deal that he's getting illegal cable? But you got to remember, 1991, cable apparently was just becoming a thing in the States. Oh, okay. So it wasn't like a big deal. So that I'd, part of it, I'd always just assumed that it had been around for a long time. We grew up with it, you know? Yeah, but also part of me is just that thing of like American get America gets things before we do. Yeah, uh, I didn't realize that it was yeah such a such a big deal to them at the time as well. But it yeah. definitely makes sense because I remember when we first got Foxtel paid Foxtel, and I think we've spoken about this before. Just I was going to get how exciting it how is. How great is it, man? Your I, life changes. I you know what the first thing I did. I put the Simpsons on right. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, and it was a super. Sim- we got it installed on a Friday night. And it was like it was, oh, Friday afternoon, and Dad had TV for the first night. We had Foxtel. I was like, whatever. Okay, so Dad's got it. Wake up Saturday morning, Super Simpsons Saturday. I was just in absolute heaven. I couldn't believe that this this little box, this little device, could bring so much happiness. Yeah, like Homer kissing the cable. Yeah, it's is exactly how I felt. Yeah, it, it's, it's the most accurately uh, that a man has ever been described <laughs> or, or portrayed on The Simpsons. And I love that he just sits and watches everything. And that's that's, what you do. It is. It's the other great thing about Foxtel is it's so easy to to pick it and look through and go, oh, there's nothing on. But if you're willing to just sit down and say, I don't care what is about to come on, I'm going to find a way to make it interesting, you can, you could watch it for weeks. Yeah. And it's the greatest thing in the world. Like, what's he, he spends time watching CNN, he's (laughs) watching different movies. I love Bart when he's going through, oh, this is when Die Hard jumps out the window. This is when Jaws eats that guy or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I think with Foxtel, is well, it gets to the point where you go through the channels, like you said, and you go, Nothing's on, I don't like this, I'm not watching this. Oh, this is just a repeat, blah 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 blah. But when we moved to here and we didn't have Foxtel for a fortnight, I realized oh, just I, how much I need Foxtel. Yeah, in my life. you notice you feel it so bad, and that's why I've, <laughs> I've only ever had the platinum package for that thing. That I started with the platinum package, which is all the channels and all movies and everything. And then, even in times where I'm like, mm, the Budget's getting a little bit tight, I'm like, But if I take this out this month then the next month, that's when something really good is going to come yeah. on. It's that ultimate fear of missing out. You just take it for granted just how much you watch it. 
Yeah. Like I said before, I don't watch that much television. I probably do, and I didn't realize until it was taken away from me. Yeah. I'm not even sure how cable works in the States anymore. Does, do they have just the one service like we have here in Australia, like Foxtel, or how does it work? I, I don't know that either, to be honest. I, know, I mean, they've got a lot more base channels as it is anyway. Okay, um, well, you'd assume so. They're like 10 times the size. Well, yeah, population. of course. <laughs> yeah. But yes, no I, no, I don't know how it works as far as companies and all that sort of stuff go. Like, again, when it, when it comes to The Simpsons, cable is just cable. It's like there's one... It'd be like if there wasn't actual different phone providers and the internet was just internet. Yeah. Call up. I'd like an internet, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, they cut to church, and I love the way that the Reverend starts off his sermon. Now, today's Christian doesn't think he needs God. And he cuts to the Sunday school. We don't get many Sunday school moments in the newer episodes, but they no. had them a lot back in the early and days. they're very funny. They use this scene as the setup for the rest of the episode. So they're talking about hell. Yeah. And it's where Lisa learns that if you steal, well, it's always the eighth commandment, if you well, steal. Well, if you break the commandments, but yeah. stealing being one of them. You go yeah. to hell. One of the things I didn't quite understand was, as a continuity error, Bart saying, what's hell like? When in Bart... Gets hit by a car. He goes but he's already hell. been there. Yeah. yeah, that's true. But did that really happen? No, it's like well, that a, was you know his, what I mean. It was his subconscious dream. as well, so maybe you forget that yeah, out-of-body experience. It's getting into like, too much detail. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, But it was funny, and I love... As at least it's terrified by the idea yeah. of, of hell, but I love Bart, rebellious, mischievous kids, just so excited and that it sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but, I love how he keeps using the word hell because he's allowed to. Yeah. And, I sure as cut. hell can't talk about hell yeah. without using the word hell, can yeah. I? You know, when I was younger watching this because Australians have always had a slightly more relaxed view of language than Americans have I remember being even when I was like 9 or 10 and watching going what's the problem yeah. hell's not a swear word if you're an American listener there's a really funny sorry to get slightly off topic but there's a really funny interview on YouTube uh, it was on Rove Live Rove McManus is an Australian talk show host he tried it in the States didn't work come yeah. back it was um, Jonah Hill Michael Sarah, yeah. and uh, McLovin I've gone blank. Christopher Mintz Platts. Yep. Uh, it was about the time that Superbad had come out, and Jonah was just so excited about the. F- he's like, I can't believe that you can get, you can say shit I think on I've, TV I've, here. I watched that. I yeah. It, yeah, he's like, but you can't say fuck, and they beep fuck. He's like, yeah. so I could say like, I want to shit on your face, but I can't say, oh fuck, I've stubbed my toe. <laughs> <laughs> Did he say I want to shit on your face? Yes. <laughs> so words to that effect. Anyway, getting back to what um, when Bart was talking about how I thought it was funny what Marge said to him just to end that scene. Bart. You're no longer in Sunday school. Don't swear. Yeah, I wrote that down as well. Really funny line. It's kind of like uh, Dr. Strangelove. Uh, yeah. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Like that sort of thing. <laughs> so we then get the, the debut of one Troy McClure, one of the most iconic characters of all time, thanks to Phil Hartman. How great is Phil Hartman? Uh, such a tragic loss. I never realised just how important he was to the glory years of The Simpsons. Uh, to American comedy in general. Yeah. Not just The Simpsons. Phil Hartman was a genius. Speaking of, I forgot to tell you, he was the cable guy in this episode. Oh, is that who else he was? Yeah. Ah, well done. Yeah. He plays that kind of character so perfectly. Just yeah. the, the sleazy guy. Yeah, now that you've said that, that laughter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, McClure debuts on the I Can't Believe They Invented It. Hello, I'm Troy McClure. You may remember me from such movies as Cry Yuma and Here Comes the Coast Guard. And then Lisa, she's watching them watch uh, the, the TV show of McClure and she envisions, what are these things called? They're not flashbacks, they're... Uh, she, she it's kind of a hallucination. Yeah, I guess that's what you call it. It's really well designed, really well done. Like It's, it's just the, the flames coming up and what bugs me about Lisa in this episode is that she's annoying but she's right. Yeah, she is. And you've got to remember, for her, as far as her motivation goes, she's eight years old. She's yeah. just been told, if you watch this, you will burn... In eternal hellfire. Like, that's a messed up thing to hear as an eight-year-old and then take to heart. So, you know, you kind of got to go with her on that. Yeah. Is this the first time that Lisa's morals really impact the family, though? And, like, one of her crusades, similar to Lisa's The Vegetarian, 
I was that, about to say, it reminds me of Lisa the Vegetarian. Yeah, that Homer's trying to have fun. Like, yeah, he might be breaking the rules, but it's really like, you know, she just is like, this is what I believe, and I feel awful about the fact that you're doing something else. This is almost... Lisa the Vegetarian is almost an exact carbon copy of this episode. Very similar patterns. Like, yeah. Homer has the barbecue of everyone over, and Lisa tries to interfere yeah. and ruins it. Yeah. It's, it's, I never really thought about it until that moment just then. It's pretty much exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of I nothing know, else to add. Just yeah, <laughs> I never ruins the least the vegetarian for me because still no, a it doesn't. Great no, no, no. Oh, it certainly doesn't ruin it. But yeah. it's uh, it, it's just you know, it's a really similar template. Well, I all. think Lisa before now has had the moral high ground on certain things, but it hasn't been pushed as hard as it has. Yeah, been this was the this is kind of like that thing of you know when you have religious friends and they're quiet about it, or you have religious friends and they try to push their religion onto you. This is almost as much as the whole family goes to the same church. This is. Lisa taking that more force it down your throat kind of approach to what she believes in. I don't think there's been many Lisa centric episodes up to this point. It's been very not a huge Bart amount. Mania. I think, yeah, up till now, like Bart, Bart and Homer. Bart, yeah, there was more Homer in the early seasons than I realised. I thought it was mostly Bart in the early seasons, but I think Homer to me would be the most important character of the of the show. Oh, he's he's the the yeah he's the, he's the central is the heart and soul of yeah. the, of the. Of every, virtually every episode, like every good bad episode is usually because of Homer. He, he, he's back and forth with Homer. Same with Lisa. The best Lisa episodes are usually because she's comparing herself with Homer. Yeah, Homer needs to be there. What I liked about though when she was when she envisions the hell is it's a great throwback to Bart saying hell. He's like, "What's happening to Lisa? Beats the hell out of me." Bart. Ah! And then we get to the supermarket, and they had that classic shot that they use over and over again of the trolley, just fading out of the car park. Yeah. yeah that, that, they just use it over and over again. Um, and Marge eats two grapes. And I'm at this point, I'm like, Lisa, just fucking grow up. Just like, shut up. Marge, you know, gives in, and she says, charge me two grapes. And the, I thought that the clerk was a bit obnoxious. Couldn't he have just charged her something? Why did he have to get over the speaker and say, that's right, two measly grapes? No, well, because he he's being... All of society. No one gives a shit if you eat a couple grapes at a supermarket. I've worked in a supermarket. There is not a supermarket employee anywhere that would take you to task over something like that. Mm. Uh, although I did work with one once who took a woman to task over eating cashew nuts. Because cashew nuts, A, a lot more expensive they than They are grapes. expensive, yeah. Yeah. And she did about five laps at the produce department. And every time she was grabbing a handful of it. Yeah, that's not so a snack. one of the guys yelled out, Oi, Mick, did you know cashews are free today? Uh, he's gone, what? He went, yeah, yeah, cashews are free because that woman keeps eating them all. <laughs> uh, he was dragged into the manager's office. Really? Over that. But she was stealing. Yeah, I know, but that's the thing. Like, it, it's from, a, from a, a company's perspective, when they're that big, like, just let him go. Don't cause a fuss. And No. No. <laughs> Charge her for the 43 cashew nuts. Which is about $120. <laughs> exactly right. Charge her for it. And Marge... You can tell she doesn't want to, but she just does it for Lisa. Yeah. And Lisa respects her for it. She yeah. appreciates it. Marge does that this whole episode, uh, is really supportive of Lisa. And yeah. Just she, very, very She never once questions her. Marge, yeah. throughout the whole episode, is starting to see just how having this cable, although it's great, is still causing turmoil in the family. Yeah. We're about to get to Bart's activities. No, not quite, but we will be soon, which we've all been there. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so this is the point where Homer realizes he's going to get the big fight. Watson Tatum 2. This time, it's for money. Oh, boy. Only on the Blockbuster Channel. How can one little insulated wire bring so much happiness? At this point, I thought a little bit silly that, what, Homer's the only person in Springfield who can get illegal cable? Yeah, that's a fair point. 
But you go with it just to get everyone in that one room. <laughs> exactly right. Because it's a great final sequence, isn't it? Yeah. With everyone in the one room. We'll get to it later, though. But yeah, have you ever had that point where you've been with mates and everyone's gathered around? It's usually like the grand final, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, I was... Yeah, the grand final's definitely one. I remember uh, Kostya Zhu and Zab Judah. There's two names from boxing history. Yeah. Uh, a few years ago, that was one of the first main events that I remember going to as like a 12 or 13-year-old. Uh, and I guess more recently you had Floyd Mayweather, Manny Pacquiao. Like, boxing is one of those weird things. Even Ronda Rousey in the recent UFC fight where she got oh. knocked the fuck out. Yeah. Well, anyway, when that, because everyone wants to go to homers and watch the fight, it reminded me when I was a kid because I was literally the only one in my group of friends, say five to ten people, mm. that had Foxtel. Yeah. And we were all into wrestling. Everyone was into wrestling in the mid to late 90s, man. Everyone, especially the late 90s. Yeah. And I just remember being, feeling like a king that everyone was coming to my house. Yeah. We'd be at primary school. Everyone's going to Dando's to watch the wrestling. Everyone, I was just, I felt so important. Yeah, right. <laughs> if not, it didn't cost me a cent. My parents are paying for it. Yeah. <laughs> no, still, you're in charge. Yes. You let them in. Yeah. <laughs> just like Bart does. Your parents weren't inviting months. the kids on the schoolyard. That was entirely up to you. No, no, my dad asked me to. Oh, okay. <laughs> Make sure that uh, Jamie's coming along. I like him. Yes. <laughs> And then Lisa goes to see Lovejoy, and Lovejoy's actually really good in this scene. He is. He's very priestly. They acknowledge this in the commentary. He's never corrupt no. as such. Sometimes he doesn't care all yeah, that much. Yeah, he's, he's, he's not very helpful. He can be word. flippant. Where here, he gives genuine good advice to Lisa. Yeah. Hmm, Lisa, I would like to see you set an example by not watching the offending technology yourself. Thank you, Reverend Lovejoy. I also love that he kind of considers setting Homer to prison. Yeah, like, well, that would be the obvious choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I but think yeah. his advice was good in the sense that you can't stop those guys from watching it, but just save yourself and don't watch it yourself. Yeah, he's never ever really been too short with the kids, though, has he? Like, he's very short with Sanders. How Sanders. often do the kids go to Reverend uh, Not often, only only a couple, handful of times. But yeah, I think he he's always really had time for them. Favourite Lovejoy moment off the top of your head? Um, it would be... Short answer, yes with an if. Long answer, no with a but. Yes, that's good. <laughs> Mine is when Louis Van Houten goes, I love stealing calls from the church donation box. Oh, sweet Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I just love his reaction to that. And, uh, whenever I think of Lovejoy, I think of that, oh, sweet Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Lovejoy gives genuine good advice, Lisa, and she's decided that's it. I'm going to, at a protest, not watch this for the rest of, as long as we have it, I'm not going to watch it. Yep. Meanwhile, Bart has discovered the adults-only channel. Uh-huh. Uh, can you remember the first time you saw porn? Uh, it wasn't on TV, but yes. I, I think Martin and Milhouse sum it up perfectly. Gross, yet strangely compelling. That's exactly what it's like. Actually, the first time I saw porn, it wasn't even like proper porn. It was just personal ads from... It would have been like there's the picture magazine in Australia. And it was on like a, uh, a around a bike track. There were some bushes. We were just riding around one day. We saw like what looked like a homeless man's little shelter under some trees. There was no one else around. and But, you know, you just start exploring, and then we came across this kind of old... You know, it's funny that at the time, it didn't occur to me that the fact that the pages were kind of stuck together were bad. Like, I thought... It was like, it's obviously rained, and then yeah. the paper's dried. I hope that's what it was, <laughs> in hindsight. This is the first time I've thought about that ever since those young days. But, yeah, it was like, it was like oh, there's women in their underwear here. What's this about? Yeah, Why yeah. are they in their underwear? Why are they expo- so expensive to talk to? I remember... There's a movie, right? Look it up. It's a really, really corny, cheaply made B grade, C grade, Z grade movie called Blood Sucking Freaks. I think it's called. Oh, right? yeah, the um, that's the vampire one. No, it's. No? I think it's called Blood Sucking Freaks, but it's about a guy that puts on plays with women who are naked and torturing them, oh. and the people think it's a stage show, but he's actually torturing people. Right. 
Okay, so now, that's something entirely else. Now, I remember when I was a kid, we went to the video shop. I think it was like my 13th birthday, maybe. Yeah. 13th, 12th. And mum said, all right, go hire some movies, boys. <laughs> oh, dear. So, <laughs> we saw this movie in the horror section, and we looked in the back, and there was just naked women all over the back. So, the heart starts pumping. I was like, we're going to get away with this. How do I get this through? <laughs> so, we, so, you, you then go and get like... Pile, it's like three, three up from the bottom. So. Yeah. So, you go like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and then like the Smurfs. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 then, a- and then Annie. And then Annie. And then Three Ninjas, Magic Mountain. <laughs> and then you put that in the middle of the ball. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll never... I still to this day remember the, the look on the clerk's face. He's scanning them through and he gets to the plastic freaks and he looked at me and he looked at my mum and I'm like, oh, I've been made. I've been done. And he goes... He scanned it through I was like Oh man This is why I always wanted to work In a video store You get (laughs) to have that moment I could see that He he knew that It was my birthday party And he could see in my eyes Please man He was like Alright And he scanned it through Right And I remember We were watching this movie And There's no porn in it But it's just naked women Right So there's just boobs everywhere and we're like, with the volume turned onto mute. On the mute. <laughs> and we're like, boys are being oddly quiet yeah, in there. We're all, we're all huddled into my bedroom. And literally, mum walks in, bursts in and goes, you boys are right, it's really quiet. And like, someone's scrambling to turn off the video. <laughs> <laughs> it was just one of those moments. And still to this day with my group of mates that, like from high school, Bloodsucking Freaks just brings back those memories of seeing boobs for the first time, you know? Uh, anyway. I, uh, we, have to, we can't gloss over the, the title of the movie that Bart was watching. Did you catch that at all? I missed it, but what was it? Stardust Memories. That's great. What a pun. <laughs> Love a good pun about boobs. If you listen to the audio commentary, they run through a few more that they wanted to use, but they're a bit risque. Oh, okay. I can't remember did, what they were. Did you write? Okay. I forgot to write down. I remember hearing him say we wanted to use them, but they're a bit risque or something like that, and I thought, I can't be fucked rewinding. Yeah. <laughs> what movie? What, what Movies were out in 1991. What was something big that would have come out that they could have... The Bodyguard? Um, okay, so... The Body Hard? <laughs> yep, that'll work. <laughs> so, Homer finds Bart watching the adults only. He makes him promise, do not watch this stuff. Yeah. Because you, this is where Homer starts to realise, okay, having cable has its downside because I'm unable to stop my son from watching porn. Because I don't think back then they had the code to lock it out. I, yeah, I guess not. Or oh. if they did, you know, it's a little bit too convoluted to then write that scene into this as well and you lose your way a bit. I remember when my mum put the code on the Foxtel box, I was heartbroken. Oh, no. <laughs> what did you uh, What did you done then? So, the the like, first you, thing you do is try 0000. zero, zero. You, were, you were banned from watching The Simpsons because you took a knife out. I know, I would have been like your 12, mother, 13 at this point. So your I'd... mother just found you wandering the house with a dildo, <laughs> waving it around. What, yeah, that's, that's it. That's what happened yesterday. <laughs> So, uh, Marge and also it cuts to Marge and Homer in bed. Marge is starting to see uh, the repercussions of having the cable. Like she yeah. said, she can see that, you know, there's a lot of good shows that she wants to watch, but Lisa, it's affecting Lisa's relationship with her father. Yeah. And Bart's watching porn. Yeah. This is about where, it, this is as good a time as any to mention this. I really liked the fact that Homer's transition to the very end of this episode where he decides that he'll go out with the family. It's not him turning around on a dime. They take the time to show him gradually realising that, yeah, there's a bigger issue here. Than, it's not just free cable, that it is the issue of stealing overall. And that's what uh, the other thing that I really liked about how they laced it throughout the episode of, you know, the stealing, stealing, but, you know, the taking grapes in the supermarket, everything else, and the you know, the, the moral complexity of young boys watching adult entertainment, all of that sort of stuff that kind of builds up to what happens at the very end. And, and it does, rather than... It, it would have felt like a real cop-out ending if Homer just hadn't cared, hadn't cared, hadn't cared, hadn't cared, and then went, I better go outside. And then looks at the window and Lisa's like, please, Dad, and then he gives in. Yeah, exactly. Whereas it's like, 
doesn't care, doesn't care, starts to think, oh, that's probably not right, but I still really want to watch the fight, and then, oh, no, I'm really starting to care. Still really want to watch the fight, but fuck, I can't watch the fight anymore. This episode's a really good setup for what to expect from Lisa in future seasons. Yeah, she has one line in here that's really, really smug. Hey, Lisa, racing from Belmont, horsies. Sorry, I'd rather go to heaven. Hmm. That's the one moment where I looked and was like, oh, you bitch. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's just holier-than-thou attitude that I, I can't stand. I think Homer, he knows it's stealing, but he doesn't quite understand why it bothers Lisa so much. Like, there's one point where he says, hey, There's something wrong with that kid. She's so moral. Yeah, I laughed at that actually. I really yeah. laughed hard at that in my. Uh, that was uh, I woke the dog up with laughter. Yeah, <laughs> like he was asleep, and he, I just, it was one of those ones where I'm I'm typing away, and then I hear that line, and like ah ah, <laughs> <laughs> like what? <laughs> and going back to the scene with um with Homer and Marge in bed discussing that that Marge says you should probably pull the pin on the cable, and Homer's like no way. Like I'm I think it's because Homer's starting to be respected more because he has cable. Like everyone well, was, I don't know about respected, used, but, but, he's, he's certainly but, but he feels important, I guess. The same way you felt like a king in the playground exactly. when you had Foxtel. Yeah. Everyone shit on me behind my back. Yeah. But that, that, that's an Aussie term. Shit on me doesn't mean literally shitting on my back. Uh, and we have the moment where the cable guy comes in and offers him a stolen radio as well. While Homer's sort of trying to figure out what to do with his moral quandary. Yeah. And it, it's really ramming at home. That fact that the cable guy isn't a moral kind of... A morally bankrupt character. Yeah. And it's, it's like we said, the, when he finds Bart watching the porn for the first time, that's the first plant that Homer's starting to realise that yeah. this having this isn't as good. All the pros don't outweigh the cons, Yeah, I guess, for having it. And then uh, I love that you know Bart promises not to watch it, and then he promptly does what every boy in that situation <laughs> should do by charging admission <laughs> to everyone else in the neighbourhood. <laughs> And like these are like ten year old kids. Why are they so interested in watching porn? I suppose the intrigue is there. Yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, you're at that age. Yeah, they're starting to be curious. Yeah, and and their reactions are just exactly how a ten year old kid would react. Plus, there's also some of the older boys, Jimbo and and that sort of thing, were sitting on the couch, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, uh, Fifty I just, cents admission. I, lo- I just damn good value. I just love Millhouse. Mil- Gross. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, getting back to Marge and Homer in bed, when Homer puts his foot down, that's a really cool scene. Yeah, that really was cool one. Shot, of, I should say that was one of the things that really stood out in my head. Uh, it's, it's been one of those things that's always stuck with me from you know just throughout life. Whenever I'm making a decision, yeah, it's like the foot is down. Yeah. yeah, well, it's not very often you see Homer really make a stand like that. No, whenever he does, he usually gets shut down. Like, forget it, Marge. It's Chinatown. <laughs> <laughs> Homer, don't you ever do that again? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, <laughs> that is one of the greatest scenes of all time, though. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Just thinking about it, I can't stop laughing. So, apparently, um, Jake Hogan, too, who we've tweeted a few times, and he's written mm-hmm. back, he, when he was just saying how he wants that shot to go, with Homer putting his foot down, he actually reenacted it. Oh, good. It was just like, picture the camera under my foot. <laughs> Slam. <laughs> yeah. They mentioned it in the commentary. Now, it cuts to Homer watching TV again. Really, really great throwback. One of the things that he's watching on TV, do you know what it was? No. Lemonade, <sighs> please. Oh, really? Was that on there? Yeah. Oh, that's very And funny. he's like, seen it. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was, what was I doing? Yeah, I must have been sidetracked at that yeah, moment. That's a, really cool. I never realised that until I watched it this, uh, yesterday. But yeah, great, great throwback to um, Itchy and Scratchy and Marge just a few episodes yeah. ago. I sound like I've done nothing. Like this, I've actually done more research for this episode than ever. And you've just picked like the two or three little things that I didn't know about and made me sound like I have done so little work <laughs> this week. <laughs> and now we get to the point that you mentioned before: the cable guy coming and he just he's just in the land room. 
Yeah. And that's what freaks Homer out. He's like, how did you get in? Oh, your door was unlocked. Yeah. So he just walked in. So Homer goes to the extreme and starts boarding up, or not, or putting bars on the bars windows. Bars on all the windows. Um, he puts like four locks, four deadlocks on the doors. Yeah, yeah. They used those bars really well in the, the final act, in the final sequence, basically, yeah. when Homer thinks he's in prison. Do you think that they put them there just so they could use that? Or do they think, oh, we've got these bars there. Let's utilize them. It would probably be look it's i mean you can never really speculate exactly, on, that, yeah. on how someone came up with an idea but i guess it's just the way when you're in a room of, of writers and you're kind of spitballing ideas around it'd be someone like this guy comes in and then hobo locks it up and then hey that'd look like bars wouldn't it be great if we did this later as well i i would imagine that that's kind of how it goes yeah so then it cuts to as we said bart inviting his friends over to watch porn and they have the you know, gross yet strangely compelling, which is exactly how a 10-year-old kid would react to watching porn for the first time. Yeah. Homer catches it, and then, like we said, this is the exact... It's, it's, it's actually how many teenage girls watch as well. Like, <laughs> if you've never seen it... I, and, I, it's how Nicholas still reacts if she watches yeah, porn. Yeah, I reckon no matter who you are, if you've never watched it before, the first time you watch it, you'd be like, what the hell? <laughs> it's really disgusting. <laughs> what are you doing? They're, they're killing each other. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah. And this is the point where Homer's at the crossroads where he's like, okay, something needs to give here. It's... I can't stop Bart from watching porn. Lisa's starting to... I wouldn't say Lisa hates Homer, but the relationship's falling apart because of it. Yeah, she's sort of distancing herself from him because she wants to go to heaven and she thinks that he's going to hell. I thought he was quite cruel because obviously everyone comes over now to watch the big fight. Yeah. And Lisa's trying to make a stand or say... Oh, she doesn't even make a stand. She's not interfering. She's just saying, I just want to acknowledge the fact that I'm not going to watch out of protest. Yeah. She says something to Homer and Homer's like, just protest outside. Get out of here. I thought that was really a bit rough from He's Homer. just being sidetracked a yeah, little bit. Yeah, so much stuff happening. Yeah. Yeah. He's excited. And if you're going to have a silent protest, make it a silent protest. Yeah, get the fuck you out. You can't have the best... Of, you can't just try to have your protest cake and eat it too. It is nice that Marge and Maggie go out with her though. Yeah, that's sweet. Yeah. And it's just great that when when Mo comes to the front door... Hey, Homer, I brought you... Ah! Quick, it's Mo! I gotta hide the marks! Hey! <laughs> Hey, Homer, I brought you a mug. Ooh, thank you, Mo. I always wanted one of these. I've never seen these Mo mugs since, but it's a classic joke. I, yeah. I just love it. And, and it's another way of Homer stealing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. It's all throughout the episode. The, yeah. This episode is rife with theft. And then Mr. Burns comes. Bart, quick, hide the stuff I borrowed from work. Borrowed? All right, the stuff I stole from work. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love Burns in this. I brought some munchies. Yeah. Smithers, the Cheetos. <laughs> It's like this tiny little bag. <laughs> Snake pack, yeah. Um, and if the cops rock up. You Homer Simpson? Yeah. We're on the street. Is that you have an illegal cable hook? No, no, I, it wasn't me. It was, it was my wife's. My wife's idea. Yeah, yeah. I could never. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, settle down, big fella. <laughs> just, whoa, we're just wondering if we could watch the fight. Oh, sure, sure. Be my guest. We, we spoke way too much about Seinfeld for a Simpsons podcast last week, but it, at that exact moment when the cops were there, I had a flashback to the scene where Jerry is getting hooked up with a legal cable, and he has a kind of vision of... I'm not sure if it's himself or if it's Kramer, actually, now that I think about it, but yeah, there's that vision of, like, the FBI come in, and yeah. like he starts trying to deny it, then he makes a run for it, and they just fucking lay waste <laughs> to it. <laughs> and then they're watching um, Jodie Tatum, who makes his debut in this episode, Jodie yes. Tatum's backstory about how he was he spent time in prison. And Homer hears this, and that's where he starts to have the vision of him being in prison. Aggravated assault, manslaughter, stealing cable. And they use that really cool shot of Homer looking out the window like he's in prison. At his family. And that's actually his, his family. You know, he's inside the house with the bars on the front. Yep. And Homer realizes at this point, 
I need to make a decision here. Do I want to have illegal cable and be cool to my friends or do I want to be with my family? Yeah. And like you said, they set it up really well. It wasn't just a homer spur of the moment decision of Lisa begging him and him giving in. It was, it was a slow build yeah, they and gave, it came to that really good crescendo. They gave an, enough of a build to, to make it feel real. Justification and to make it for worthwhile. it. Yeah, exactly. There's a funny line in there from Barney, though, that I like when they're talking about Dredderick Tatum. It's like, he spent time in the Springfield Penitentiary. Ooh, a local boy. Yeah. <laughs> Proud of that he's in prison. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Homer goes out the front and he agrees to cut the cable, but after the fight, which makes sense. He's invited yeah. everyone over. He can't cut the cable straight away. Favorite line from the episode right here, by the way. And it's mostly it? because of the acting from Castellanar. I know what it's going to be. It's that. Number one, I'm cutting the cable as soon as the fight's over. And number two, I'm not very fond of any of you. I just love that. All right, I'm here. I don't like any of you for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know how much he hates not watching the fight, but he's yeah. doing it for his family. Yeah. It's a great Homer moment. Yeah, it is. And to compound that, it turns out to be one of the best fights of all time. Yeah. It of goes through to the be. 12th round, knockout, all that sort of stuff. I didn't think Tatum was going to win. Okay. I thought Tatum was going to be the cocky guy that got his comeuppance at the end. Even the fact, even knowing that Tatum then goes on to, you know, be a recurring force... In future episodes. Yeah, I do guess, but it's just the whole being a dick at the um, weigh-ins. Yeah, but he's a boxer. It's yeah, kind no, of what they do it, at It is pretty funny, though. Like, I also dedicate my fight to his deceased manager. Yeah. You can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's exactly how boxing weigh-ins go. Yeah. Have you uh, ever seen uh, the f- there's boxing footage of like when they're in the stare-down in the middle of a fight? Uh, sorry, before the fight, when all the rules are being explained? Like, yeah. You know how they have that bit where they walk up? I don't remember who the boxer was, but there's a, a, a clip again on YouTube of this where they're just both staring at each other like inches away. Yeah. And then one of them just kisses the other dude on the cheek. Oh. And then the other dude that got kissed just fucking knocks him out cold. I think I've seen, like I've seen one he... punch just drops him. And then before he took, the fight starts, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, before the fight starts. Yeah. And he's so in, like everyone's like, what have you done? He's like, he kissed me, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I've seen one where someone kisses the other person on the nose. Yeah, right. It's it fucking great. Like, yeah. Maybe it's that <laughs> it's one. It's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. And he deserves to get knocked out. Yeah. I hate all the pretense about boxing photos where they've all got their gloves up and they're all trying to put on the same kind of angry face. Yeah. I'd love to see a boxing photo, like, you know, on the title cards where the dude's just got, like, maybe a clown hat on yeah. <laughs> or, like, a big red nose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what we need. Just just um, multicolored gloves sticking his tug out. Dressed in, like, Simpsons, like, dressed up as, like, Roy. Doc Brown. <laughs> dressed yeah. as Doc Emmett Brown <laughs> yes. with gloves on. Who's the guy that was that managed Mike Tyson? Uh, Don King. Yeah, just dressed as Don yeah. King. Yeah. yeah. You know what I hate? Band photos where they're always looking off into the distance so serious. Oh, yeah. Bon Jovi are really bad for that. <laughs> Why are you so angry at something in the distance? Yeah. <laughs> are you just smile at the camera? <laughs> Every band photo is like that. Anyway, one other thing I noticed was that after the fight's finished, everyone goes to a poos and leaves. And everyone's happy. No one says goodbye to Homer. Yeah, well... The- they just used him for the free fight. Yeah. And they're out. And that's that's how it works with free cable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How many people said goodbye to you after you lost your access to WWF? No one. Exactly. <laughs> They're not even friends on Facebook anymore. <laughs> so Homer cuts the cable, and they end the, the episode on a good joke. He cuts off the power to one side of the street, and the other side of the street, Yeah, third time's a charm, end of the episode. <laughs> yeah. It was a, a really good, touching episode that I forgot was so touching. Yeah, same, actually. I, as I said, I, I remembered very little about this episode. I remember, going that, I remember that I liked it. I, I, I just love seeing so many different characters all in the one room at the Simpsons house that you don't normally see, like Mr. Yeah. Burns. I love how um, Lenny and Carl scream when Burns goes to sit it's on just the seat. bail. So, yeah. yeah, just that's, that's exactly what you would do if your boss rocked up to your house. Particularly when your boss is Mr. Burns. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. But yeah, it's just it's a great... A really great Homer and Lisa story, which we established during this podcast, is pretty much the exact same as Lisa the Vegetarian. Or Lisa the Vegetarian is exact, not an exact carbon copy. 
It's literally an exact carbon copy. You've thrown that in there just for my good friend Tom. Yes, <laughs> but I think it's much better than I than I remembered it being. What would you think? Uh, yeah, no, it, it is. It's a really mature, really solid episode that that tells a really good story from start to finish and deals with some some fairly heavy themes. What did we learn, Palmer? So, what did you learn this episode, Mitch? Uh, I learned that people were much cooler with other people sleeping with their wives back in twelve hundred BC. Twelve hundred BC, yeah. yeah. Well, I learned in nineteen ninety one that cable in Springfield offered over sixteen hundred hours of quality programming per day. That's uh, that's an awful lot of programming per day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So trivia. Yeah, okay, trivia. So we're going with me first? Yeah, go for it. I've All got, right. I've, well, I've got two. Have you got two? No, I've got one, so you well, may I'll as well go. go. I'll go first. Okay. What is a slab or a carton of duff cold? Oh. Um, it says it on the side of it. Oh, did it? Okay. Uh, it's not just a case or a box or something like that? Crate o' duff. Crate o' duff. Yes. Okay. All right. Keep an eye out for that at your local Dan Murphy's. Yes. Uh, mine, Mr. Burns walks out of the fight. Describing about how Oh that was nothing I remember seeing Gentleman Jim Corbett Go 50 rounds In a bare knuckle bite Now that was boxing Or something along those lines What decade Did Gentleman Jim Corbett Fight his last fight His last fight Mm -hmm. What decade 1860s Oh That's about uh, Not far from when he started actually Um, It was 1880s He he last fought in 1886 And now this is one of I just assumed that it'd be a long time Because that's the joke they usually go with Yeah We were were watching a clip with Conan O'Brien Saying that one of his favourite things Is to make Mr Burns impossibly old Yeah And as much as Conan wasn't writing the show It's one of those moments where Burns would have had to have been 120 To be able to see Gentleman Jim Corbett fight Little things like when he answered the phone Ahoy hoy Ahoy hoy (laughs) They change his age all the time though yeah. They said, you said he's 81. What was the episode where he's uh, two cars in every garage, three cars in every fish? Uh, Simpson and Delilah. Is it? Simpson, how old do you think I am? I don't oh, know. Is that 102? Episode? I'm only 81. I thought it was when he was crying in the car. No, because it's, it's when he's talking about being bald. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, okay. True. Yeah, good. Good trivia question. Uh, mine is the other one. How many times do we see Jimbo Jones shoplifting in this episode? Oh, uh, I know he goes... How many specific... How many different scenes? Yeah. Or, okay. So there's the supermarket. You see him in the background while Marge is eating grapes. He's just constantly loading his pockets with apples. Uh, I assume there must be a moment in the Quickie Mart. Yep. Um, where else would he have possibly stolen from? Does he? He wouldn't be at Moe's. He's too young for that. I don't think there's. I'm going to say two. Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know whether you would have noticed the supermarket or not. Yeah. You know what I did then. Um, you know, on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, when it first started, people would just answer the question straight up. And then after a little while, they realized that they could get more camera time by yep. talking their way through the answers <laughs> out loud. That was exactly what I just did. I knew immediately I went, it's probably two. And then I just spent 30 seconds talking about why it's probably two. And the best part was when they did all that and then still got it wrong. Yeah, that was always good to watch. <laughs> like, it can't be B. Yeah. <laughs> it was B. <laughs> so that is our tribute for the week. Let's get into the mailbag. Jamail! Jamail is here! Ooh. Yes, Homer, the mail is indeed here. Mm, that zip's taking longer to open each week. As well. <laughs> it's, it's so heavy, the mailbag. Now, we're going to kick off with a very, very special mention. We've been calling out for people to send in photos of how their life would be improved by a Simpsons t-shirt. Now, so just, far... Just Jason... Yes. yes. So far, everyone that sent one in, you're, you've all done very well. You'll, you yeah. will all get t-shirts as soon Definitely. as they're ordered. We're, we're waiting until we have 20 so we can do it in a bulk order. So, if you're listening thinking they've probably got too much, no, there's still time. Get in your photos for a Simpsons t-shirt. But Jason Gardner, 
I promise you, no one is going... If anyone tops this photo... And when I first put the call out, this is what I wanted. Like, what we've got is a few few people have sent photos of themselves frowning and looking sad. By the bin was good. By the bin was pretty funny, laying down by the bin like the rubbish that I am. That was great. But what I was hoping for was to find a photo of a man on honeymoon, hiking through... Where, what country is he in? You were having a look at this. Where is he? Bolivia? I don't know. He's in Bolivia. He's at the top of the mountains in Bolivia, completely starkers. It's the only reason Mitch likes it so much is there is male ass in the Back photo. to camera, horrible tan lines. But what we really love is that just off in the distance, maybe 40 or 50 metres away, there's just a couple walking up the track yeah. towards him. Fantastic. What, what fruit do you think best describes his bum cheeks? What's... <laughs> um, cantaloupe. Okay. Fair enough. Hard and firm. Uh, no, 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 like cantaloupe that's been sitting on the its shelf for maybe three three or four days. It's still okay. You can sell it, but you're going to be slightly disappointed like when you get it home. stickers on it. Yeah, exactly. Quick sale cantaloupe. Yeah. <laughs> like, wondering- I wonder how bad he feels. My ass looks like quick sale cantaloupe. <laughs> <laughs> wondering if this qualifies me as uh, needing a shirt and pants and any other clothing that may be available. Congratulations, Jason. T-shirt will be on your way. We just got to post directly onto our wall and just check on our I Facebook love it page. when they come in live. Yeah, it's from Paul Copper. And he just said it finally came today. He ordered one of the uh, kicking, booting banners. Oh, the booting maps. Courtesy of us. So, maps, flags. Yeah, bang on bang on banners. There you go. We the, made you a sale. It's worked. Make sure you tag do you them in Do you want to go describe the, the banner? Do you want to pick it up? I'll go, I'll go. No, well, there's a photo of it on the page. We don't. Do, do you want to hold it and caress it and feel it, though? Not particularly. Drape yourself in it. I want to get through the mailbag. Oh, I'll continue that. I'll throw it on. You can use it as a blanket. Ooh, I am now draped in flags. Yes. I'm draped in a bum being kicked by a boot. Yes. All righty, continue. Um, More shout outs. Michael Luliani, your friend, Nacho, has said Nacho, yes. We did promise a major announcement on this podcast. We did. Is it coming yet? It's going to be by the weekend, so it's not going to be on this podcast, but it is going to be... Everyone's going to see it by Sunday. Okay. And everyone's going to know what it is when it's announced, because it's fucking awesome. All right. So, this podcast should be going up Thursday. on... It'll be Thursday. Thursday. Do you want to make it a thurs- Thursday night's... I don't like to commit to things. <laughs> so- we don't do anything besides record it. Well, yeah, but you never know what might happen. Like what? I could be abducted. Good. <laughs> now continue. Oh, yeah, we'll, we, we'll have to do them by Skype. Yeah. Um, ben Nash, you get a negative sh- shout out for sending us a photo of Steve Gutenberg's star on the Walk of Fame. What the fuck is Steve Gutenberg doing on the Walk of Fame? Stonecutters or not? He I sh- does not I, deserve that. I shared that today. I know you did. And I'm not happy about it. If Steve Gutenberg's on the Walk of Fame, we should be on the Walk of Fame. It's- we have more fans than Steve Gutenberg has ever had. Whoever gave that is clearly a fan of The Simpsons. Yeah, well, there's that. It's a star. Who made Steve Gutenberg a star? I did. Yeah. <laughs> he can walk around saying, I did. Whenever he watches that episode, he did. All right. Uh, all right, moving on. Questions. Uh, Alison Simington. Now, Alison actually sent this in about a month ago. It's not that we forgot, but I forgot. So, I do apologize. But no, we just took a little while to get around to this one, Alison. Did she ask the cartoon question? Yeah, Alison has asked, what is our favorite cartoon outside of The Simpsons? Uh, we also had one other... I, I really so. want to find who... Hamish Moore has also asked the best new animated series of the last few years. Okay. So, they're kind of similar-ish questions. We can cover those off in one go, I believe. I can't think of many modern cartoons that I've watched. That's being completely honest. I don't watch cartoons these days, modern ones, but everyone tells me Bob's Burgers is great. Yeah, I've seen bits and pieces of Bob's Burgers. I have seen... There's a really funny... They have a really good opening titles gag where they always change the names of the shops to the left and right of Bob's Burgers in every opening oh, sequence. Oh, cool. Yeah. Or at the very least throughout season one they did. So, just based on that alone, I figure there's going to be some pretty good writing in that show. Yep. For me... Does new Futurama count? Bojack Horseman is getting good reviews as well. Okay. Mate's very big on that. Again, though, I haven't watched a huge amount of new animated gear either in the yeah. last couple of years. 
Yeah, I, I can't answer that question because I just haven't watched anything besides new Futurama. Yeah. Now, There's that new one with Rob Lowe. I don't even know what that's called, but Rob Lowe's in something. Really? It's, it's been advertised on... on it's on free-to-air TV here, I think. So, yeah, but anyway. So, our answer is we have no idea yeah. as far as new one goes. <laughs> when it comes to Outside the Simpsons, uh, my first reaction was Futurama, but getting away from Futurama, because that's the obvious one. If you like The Simpsons, you're probably going to like Futurama. Yeah. Hey Arnold, a show that I've ah, always genuinely loved. Good old football head. It's a fucking... I love that show, man. Yeah, okay. I just think it's... Out of all the Nickelodeon shows, that was the most close to The Simpsons as you're going to get in the sense of realism. Yeah. Was but, Arthur Nickelodeon? I was going to say, and the other one was Arthur. Yeah. How fucking great is Arthur? Is that just because of the theme song? Every day when I'm walking down the street, everybody that you meet has an original point of view. <laughs> <laughs> so good. And I said, hey, what a wonderful kind of day. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's... Well, they're not too bad. Um, I, I'll i be honest, my initial go-to... You're going to say Dilbert, aren't you? That was the first thing that sprang their mind. Because Dilbert's fucking hilarious. It's, I haven't watched it, but I heard it's amazing. It's so goddamn funny. I mean, it's kind of... It's in, it's really intelligently written. Like, yeah. it, it does... But like at the same time... Or, pardon? Two seasons, was it? Yeah, two seasons that it lasted for. Uh, it's got a lot of jokes that are genuinely jokes for nerds. Yep. But then there's a lot of jokes that just anyone... 90s nerds? Nerds in general. Okay. Engineering jokes, science yep. jokes, that sort of stuff. But then there's also just a lot of bits and pieces that anyone can appreciate. Like, mm-hmm. there's a bit where he has a voice-activated shower. So, he gets in and sets it at 90... He says 99, and he knows that that's the perfect temperature. So, then his dog, Dogbit, who talks to him and walks around on two feet... Family guys stole it. Uh, they did, yeah. Brian is very much a rip-off of Dogbit. But he just tricks him into saying different things. So, like, he asks him what time it is or something like that. So, he says, oh, like, so it's, you know, it's eight, and then it freezes him. That's yeah, funny. And then uh, Dogbit then turns... He's like, 99, 99, and he gets back. And then Dogbit's like, I was watching that movie uh, last night. Was it something, something, a space odyssey? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then, yeah, cut to outside the house. You just hear him scream. Yeah. There's also another really... One of the great scenes that always stands to mind, and you can try this with people if they're gullible enough. Dilbert was making a point about how it feels good to donate and it feels good to, to give to other people. And Dogbit's like, well, I bet you $10 that it will, does not feel good. He says, you're on. He says, all right, give me $20 and tell me if it feels good. He says, that wouldn't feel good. He goes, all right, give me $10 because you just lost the bet. Dilbert's <laughs> like, did I just make a bet that would cost me $10 either way? <laughs> like, yes, but you got to help someone more needy than yourself. Yeah, that's, oh, I've got it on um, DVD. I'm gonna have to check it out. Yeah, and I remember buying it just thinking because I've heard such good things about it. And from childhood, Ducktales. You do, no, yeah, really you love the, the theme Duck song. The, 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 the danger works behind you. Uh, yeah, that's great. And the, <laughs> the, you, you just became a little kid. I like, did. You got the little every fa- time. Yeah, the face going and everything. You're like tapping your. Feet. I would wake my parents up every Saturday morning with that. Like it would come on at seven or so in the morning. How good to start? Doom, 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 doom. Right. And they would play it, play it in full every week. It was yeah. fantastic. Uh, and the movie is also really good. The um, Treasure of Olibaba's Lamp or something along the those lines. Kid, honestly. We sound so old by saying this, but kids these days just don't get how good cartoons were in the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, no. They were, they oh, even, mid, so even, even mid to mid 90s. Like, they were just fucking great. Yeah. Nickelodeon in, in its prime in, those, in the 90s. Man. The other week, Ash and I sat down and watched The Rescuers. Yeah. Like the original yeah, Rescuers right. from like 1977. That, yeah. So good. Like, yep. it's just really, really Rescuers great. featured on the cards down here somewhere. Okay. Have you got Rescuers or have you got Rescuers down under? Um, the, the Rescuers is the, is the mice, yeah? Yeah, yeah. No, no, that's the, it's the original. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, so somewhere. Oh, is that down in the bottom corner there? Yes, that is it in the bottom yeah. right corner. Uh, but yeah, it, it's just so good to like. There's something more magical, I think, about actual written, like not written, but you know, proper hand drawn, drawn, hand drawn. drawn animation versus computer animation. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, new Blinky Bill. That ain't Blinky Bill. No, it is not. No, 
No, no, no. And anyone from overseas probably doesn't know what Blinky Bill is, but Australians, if you were born in the 80s, late 80s to 90s, and you know the original Blinky Bill cartoon, you know damn well that new Blinky Bill, yeah. hate Blinky Bill. Most Australian theme song of all time. Hey, oh, hey, Blinky Bill. <laughs> Blinky <laughs> mate from Green Patch Hill. Yeah. But no one know- overseas just understood what we said. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. But do you know that the original uh, theme had them had the forests and that getting knocked down, and then the, the show became sponsored by like whatever the recycling thing is of Australia, like yeah, the, yeah. the environment company, and they had to change the opening theme to say that they weren't destroying the, the bush. Oh, really? Yeah. Because I remember the movie was massively about that. They did a, a movie that was because Who Framed Roger Rabbit style. It was yeah. like live action backgrounds with animated characters. Just the bush with cartoons in front yeah, of it. Yeah, and there was a yeah massive thing about a wood chipping mill. Because and- of that movie, they, they sponsored them and said, hey, because of the backlash they were getting from that movie, the, yeah. the, the, whatever the company's called, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. And that, well, the, you know, the, something the, about... Some, some it, environmental company. Again, it's the outside. I, I, yeah. I don't deal with them. And that, they basically said, we'll give you money if you don't keep hanging shit on us anymore. So okay. Didn't. But uh, yeah, one thing I was going to say is people who are older than us will say, that cartoon you watched when you were kids isn't the, the, the proper Blinky Bill either. Blinky Bill was a live action puppet show, which it was in the early 80s. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like uh, Mr. Squiggle. Oh, how good was Mr. Squiggle? Yeah. Yeah. Hurry up, hurry up. <laughs> Again, I, I doubt Mr. Squiggle was syndicated outside of Australia, but it's basically a puppet with a pencil for a nose, and he would connect dots on a bit of paper with a blackboard that talked to him. Welcome to Remembering the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, what else have we got? Um, there's a couple of people, actually, that have asked just how we met. Uh, Luke Nash is one of them. Um, this is why I find it's funny. Whenever I hear reviews about this show, you, they always say, you can tell Mitch and Dan are, are such great friends, have been well, lifelong friends or whatever. I don't know the first thing about you outside of this. Yeah. We haven't even known each other for a year yet. Uh, no, no, we wouldn't have. Um, realistically, the only... Well, where, how did we meet? Well, at the... Because I remember, you, like, you, Ash invited you and Nicola around to my house. I, we made, I made a risotto. It was delicious, by the way. And if anyone else wants to come around, I am alone for another <laughs> week and a half. Call in. I don't know whether that was before... I, I think I met you at the Bowen Club. Okay. It was like a, a netball breaker. Oh, it? like an end-of-season netball thing. And I think Ash just invited Nicola and I went... And then Ash said, Mitch is coming, bring Brendan. Yeah, right, right, right. And okay. then we started talking about The Simpsons. Oh, it was like a play date. It was, I think Ash was like, Mitch likes The Simpsons. Talk about The Simpsons. So we just started talking about The Simpsons, and we, we had a very similar love for the show. Yeah. And then I was talking about how I always wanted to start a podcast for The Simpsons, and then it just happened for me. And I've always just wanted to do talk on to, into a microphone wherever yeah. possible. It's actually kind of cool, because I... The Bowen Club, where you know we've met for the first time, is a, a pub in Geelong, and that's actually where Ash and I shared our first kiss. Really? Um, was it romantic? Uh, well... Was it a kiss or a snog? Well, uh, I'm not British enough to know what a snog is. Well, when Nicholas says snog, that means tongue. It probably didn't start with tongue. Like, it was... Can just... you remember the first time you went tongue? Ever? Yeah. No. No, 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 I mean, I mean with Ash. Oh, with Ash. It would have been that night. Yeah. Um, you know, you kind of... More but, drinks? But No, no, well, you just say hello first. Like, just there's just a little bit of a, hello. Was it the bum like, squeeze at the same time? No, no, no. We, uh, I think we're on... It might have been leaning not were you, were you, across were you, like, still nervous with Ash at that point? Oh, it was only the second night that I'd ever met her. Oh, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, no. It, it, um, does it qualify as romantic when the TV is on and Eraser is playing? So, you're kissing her and then you open one eye and look over her shoulder and you see Arnold Schwarzenegger smiling back at you? At least it wasn't Arnold Schwarzenegger in Jingle All The Way. It- <laughs>
I have to say it was exciting. Yeah. Like there was a moment where I was like, this is pretty goddamn cool. Arnold Schwarzenegger is approving. So whenever you watch that movie now, do you just think of the first kiss of Ash? Uh, it's not that I make an often, like, a, to watch I, I don't make it a big habit to watch Eraser. Yeah. <laughs> um, I used to have a cardboard cutout of, of Arnold Schwarzenegger for Eraser in my bedroom. It's such a bad movie. Oh man, terrible. Really terrible. But the guy from the video shop let me take it home for free, so I wasn't going to fucking say no, was I? It was yeah, Arnold right. Schwarzenegger. It's, um, it's got one of the, the, the worst... Or best, depending on how you look at it, one-liners of Arnold Schwarzenegger's Which entire one? career. It's when he kills a really... There's these really bad CGI alligators yeah, yeah. that are um, trying to attack him in a zoo. He shoots one of them in the head and gives it, Your luggage. Oh. <laughs> so bad. I remember. Speak- it's the one that also ends where he... Um, he poses as like a valet or like a driver for the bad guys. I remember that. And then he parks over a train line, locks the car, gets out and walks away. Train smashes into them and kills them all. Uh, he gets back to like his woman sidekick because uh, he always had a we woman sidekick the movie through for the everyone. 90s. Yeah, well, whatever. The movie was ruined well before you get to this <laughs> moment. Uh, but yeah, she's like, what happened to them? They caught a train. Ugh. It's, just, it's just the worst. <laughs> Do you writing. think someone wrote that and went, yes. <laughs> I think in the 90s, they just had a factory of writers with punchlines for deaths. Fucking nailed it. Yeah. They would just they would go through like crime scene photos and just try to come up with, uh, what's funny about this one? But if you're writing a movie for Schwarzenegger, you know you've got to write it as corny as possible. Yeah, yeah. Isn't a Schwarzenegger movie without a corny one-liner? Uh, Do you no. think I'll Be Back was meant to be corny, but it just became iconic? No, I don't think that was meant to be corny at all. I think that was just... I don't think it was even meant to be anything. He no. Just, he just made it something. He just made it something. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, what's the next question? Did we, was that even a question? How did we get to that point? How did we get to a razor? How, how did we met? That's what it was. I was going to say, like, I often will make... It. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is... You don't know how much restraint I have to show, like, I have to put on myself to not just run off topic and then up talking about movies while we're trying to get from the start to end of an episode in this podcast. It's becoming really difficult well, for me. That's why I, I transitioned and allowed you to have this last part to just blabber on about shit. Because yeah. when we first started in the episode, you're doing it during the review and I'm like, we need to talk about The Simpsons here. Yeah. Then we can talk about whatever we want at the end. Oh, actually, there was one other really good question in here. Where did it go? Gavin Lang. I'm assuming he's a new listener because he's asked, what's our favourite original Simpsons song, e.g. the monorail song or Stonecutter song? Gavin, go back a few episodes. You'll find that we've dedicated an entire podcast to <laughs> and video. that very thing and a video on our YouTube channel. But he's followed it up with a secondary question that does intrigue me. Also, what is your most favourite contemporary song used in a Simpsons episode, e.g. When Beneath My Wings, Close to You? Oh, I can't think off the top of my head. Um, oh, whoa, whoo, good God, yo, when Homer's dancing naked in the church. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic What choice. is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Say it again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm partial. It's not my absolute favorite, but for a nice moment, I like it when Homer and Marge are singing Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head That's and they great. do the Butch Cassidy uh, riding along on the handlebars yep. at the end of an episode. That's very nice. What about... Uh, Waterloo. <laughs> <laughs> it's hardly contemporary, but Kelsey Grammer singing the score of the HMS Pinafore. But uh, no, I have to go with, and it's because it's the one that I, I've we've covered this already, and it's one of my favourite episodes. But you are so yeah. beautiful to me. <laughs> Maybe not contemporary, and I mean it's not used as score, but I think that's one of the better songs. That what, uh, what about? Um, maybe I'm amazed at the end of Lisa the Vegetarian. You know, I'm not as big a fan of that. Really? Yeah, I don't know. It just 
I guess, I guess it doesn't, tie, it doesn't really love tie song. in with the episode. It's, it's just a, that they had Paul McCartney in, so yeah. they went, well, let's let's play a Paul McCartney song. I think because it's a touching moment at the end when he says a, a veggie back ride, and you're like, ah, oh, and then they, yeah. that's such a, uh, that's a really good song. You can't say that's not a good song. No, it's a good song. I think, yes, I, think the, I think the song just, it fit well for that moment, but it had nothing to do with the episode, like you said. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't, it was just a good, a, a touching song used at a touching moment, but it wasn't really used to full effect for the episode. Yeah. But yeah, I always think of whoa. <laughs> Wouldn't you want to do that? Just dance naked in the church? Uh, yes, <laughs> at any opportunity do that, that I was given. Yeah, <laughs> we were talking about just the other one or two episodes ago. That one fish, two fish, blowfish, bluefish. The yeah. uh, shaft. No, the saints. Oh, yeah. oh, over there! <laughs> oh, over there! Dude, dude, dude. Yeah, that is great, isn't it? But that's more butchering a contemporary yeah. song than actually no, using that, a contemporary that is, song. Yeah, that's probably... I like that more than war. Yeah. <laughs> because whenever you hear the song, you go, no, over there. Or what about um, Space Cowboy? Yeah. <laughs> Gangster, what's it called? Not Gangster of Love. I can't remember. Joker. The Joker. But anyway, we're getting... We're, we're saying too many. But that could be a list, I reckon. The top 10 list. Top 10 contemporary songs. Yeah. Do they be... You, or they, they use a... Um, I don't remember which episode it was, but I know that they use a Bowie song at the end of an episode. Uh, Nikki was talking about it when we were chatting with her. In a one that she's worked on. One yeah. of the ones that she's worked so on. They did use Bowie. So by default, I'm going to say Bowie because he's better than everyone else that's ever lived. You reckon? But Bowie's amazing. Oh yeah, not, but he's better than anyone that ever lived. At, yes, better than Alexander Graham Bell. <laughs> better than. Better than Jesus. <laughs> yes, <laughs> bigger than Jesus. Yeah. I've always. Was always a big fan of Mark Boland, who was like arch rival with David Bowie. Do you know okay. Mark Boland? No, I don't, I don't, well, would I know any of his songs? Um, Get It On, Bang A Gong. Oh, yeah, yeah, that guy. Yep. Yeah. He's fucking great, man. Yeah. Anyway, so is that it for the questions for this week? Oh, well, actually, there's one more. This is hardly even a question. I don't even know if this is an insult because I don't watch Modern Family. But again, uh, Luke Nash. Is it true that the character of Phil Dunphy from Modern Family was based entirely on Mitch? I can see that. Is that an insult? People is, like Phil Dunphy, isn't he like right? The, the, the character everyone loves on the show. I have no. I never bought into the show. I don't get the whole Modern Family phase. Like, what, what's all the craze about it? Like, what's so good about it? It better be good. Oh, 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 oh! I'm sorry. There's a, a delayed shout out. That we're going to have to go back because I've had this saved in my Evernote for the last couple of weeks, and I keep forgetting about okay. it. Zach Hain, you are a genius, and thank you very much for writing in on this. He saw an ad on TV for a concert in Canberra. Um, you can, there's a website for this. It's uh, voicesintheforest.com.au. There will be a performance by Mexican tenor Diego Torre. Oh, I did see that. I remember, yeah. He's real. Yeah, he exists. <laughs> the legend grows. <laughs> Do you reckon Diego still listens? I hope so. Diego, no, yeah, Diego commented like a, a couple of weeks ago. But does he listen? I'm sure he does. Diego, you if to. you're still listening, comment on something. You must comment on this. Or send us a message or something. Post on our wall. Say, Diego lives. Oh, and also, as, while we're talking about people recording stuff and sending it in, Luke, again, I'm going to pick on you here because you were talking a big game. Reckon that you got a good Jimmy Stewart impression. I'm waiting. I would like it to come through. We want more impressions, by the way. Yeah, guys, please send some stuff through. It doesn't have to be Simpsons stuff. If you've got a good impression, send it in. We're transcending Simpsons. We are. (laughs) You know, Simpsons is the core. It's the acorn. But we're we're growing into a beautiful tree of just pop culture in general. 26,000 followers on Facebook. What the fuck is going on? Exactly. It's uh, It's bizarro world. Yeah. 26,000 followers. 24,500 of those genuinely thought that the DVD we made up of... (laughs) Of Troy McClure and Planet of the Apes was a real thing. Blu-ray, please. The best part about it was when people were commenting on it, trying to point out faults with it. Like, yeah. I, like I'm, I'm like, they, they, they said, oh, the person used the uh, Warner Brothers logo. How fucking obvious it's not real. I'm like, you don't think I deliberately left that fucking Fox one off? Yeah. I want people to look we at it and We want people to know. How ridiculous it is. We weren't, yeah, we weren't doing it 
to to dupe people, but I, somehow we did. One thing I even did, I even put a spelling error on the back cover just to see how many people would comment on it. Okay. But no one actually pointed it out. I was a bit disappointed. Was it MacArthur Parthic? Did you spell his name wrong? No, no, no I spelled that right. But I left okay. out one of the words in one, in one of the um. So it's, it still makes sense. But like, I, I picked the part where it still makes sense, but it's still a spelling error. It's, it's the uh, making of DVD. Yeah. Where it's like a special behind the scenes look at the making of film. That's what ah, it said. I like, saw that. Yeah. And I'm like, I wonder how many people are going to read that and go, and then no one did. And I was like, oh. But okay. people did. I love that people like bought into it. And they're like, uh. They've made so many mistakes on this. It doesn't even look real. I'm like, it's not fucking supposed to look real. Like it is, but it's not. It's just meant to be a joke. My favorite thing is that someone really got a kick out of the fact that I cast Gary Oldman as the Statue yes. of Liberty. You're like, I love that you you know that reference. Yeah, like I said that to you, and you're like, what's that about? I'm like, it's just for me. Yeah, I, <laughs> I really enjoy. Can you explain to the listeners now what it was about? Well, what it is is Gary Oldman is just an unbelievable actor. For those that and, don't know who Gary Oldman is, explain who who he is. Oh, uh, Commissioner Gordon in the in the Dark Knight. That's Knight the best films. way to describe. Easiest yeah. way to say who he is. Um, but he's if you have a look throughout, like you know, he's in the Fifth Element. He's the bad guy in the Fifth Element. He's in uh, the he Professional is, yeah. and. It was the fifth element that really rammed this home for me. That you look at him in that, and then you look at him as Commissioner Gordon. You can't tell that it's the same no, guy. You can't. He is that great he that he mustache. can just blend into everything. So it started with Tom and I were making some short films a little while ago under our uh, Monica Pantsless Magic Productions, and it was just an end credits gag. It was like starring every character that we had in the film was played by Gary Oldman, and that's just you know a little thing that I've carried on. And Gary Oldman would be a great Statue of Liberty. So Statue of Liberty with a mustache. So it's no reference grizzled. or anything. It's just the person appreciated that that would be funny. Yeah, exactly. That's ah, okay. all that it is. Um, and I mean, look, he he obviously was in Rise of the Planet of the Apes. So there's a little bit of a re- like a tie in. I want to, the to watch the new ones because I heard they're amazing. Great use of CGI. Yeah, the CGI. I know you hate, says, no, you hate says CGI. CGI. It is really fantastic. I just hate when it's used unnecessarily. Yeah, yeah that's true. And I mean, well, this you couldn't make this movie without it. Really, uh, you, costumes you'd be a struggle with yeah. these days. Costumes work. In the Heston films, but they wouldn't work today. Yeah. Um, the CGI that they use is tremendous. I just hate sometimes you think, if you just spent an extra couple of days building something, this could have been real. It didn't have to be CGI. With Both. explosions and stunts and yeah. all that sort of stuff. That's why I love Nolan's films so much. He does so much like in-camera effects and so much That's why I'm looking forward to the new Star Wars. Apparently, the new Star Wars is going to be a lot like, lack yeah, of CGI. They went to space. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> yeah, have you seen it behind the scenes? Really? It's going to be like three light years before <laughs> before they get back for the premiere. Yeah. It's really going to suck. Do you reckon I'll ever actually get to watch the movie? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, satellite link. Finn's just traveling through space on his way back. I'm going to see it. I'm going to see it. I'm going to see it. Yeah, see it. there's a relay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it'd be good if they sent George Lucas off into space and then came back. <laughs> <laughs> just hang out with Jar Jar. Fire him at the sun. Alrighty, so let's wrap this one up. We're tired. We're hot. We're sweaty. You can barely speak due to the magic of uh, editing. No one will. Be- any no one will be aware of the fact that I've been suffering from laryngitis the throughout first, this entire episode. The first 30 minutes, I reckon we stopped every fucking two minutes. Yeah, I reckon we've recorded for an hour and a half and we've got 50 minutes of content. <laughs> it was a lot of stopping, but it's fine. We got through it. We're here. Thanks everyone for oh, listening. Hang on. I, I never got to the actual point. Luke, send in... Sorry. <laughs> Luke needs to send in his Jimmy Stewart impression. Yes. And, and, and I have a Jimmy Stewart little off the back of that. So, my wife is away. What better way to... like? Listeners, write in and tell me how amazingly romantic I am. The Astor Theatre is a theatre in St Kilda that plays a whole bunch of... They play modern movies, but they also play a whole bunch of old movies. It's a Wonderful Life. the One of the greatest Christmas movies of all time on Christmas Eve. I'll be taking her along. And So, Luke, I want to hear from you from It's a Wonderful Life. Jimmy, We'll, we'll do dueling Stewarts. Uh, I want to hear his speech about the moon. Like that. Well, what is it you want, Mary? You want the moon? Well, just say the word and I'll toss a lasso up and pull it down for you. 
Yeah. That's it. I'm going to play back to back next week. Yeah, I'll I'll do it a little bit better do than that one. next week. I'll yeah. do it. A, I'll do a proper one. The secret to a Stuart, you got to get a real, you got a real loose jaw going. You got to. He hilarious. speaks. He speaks. <laughs> he speaks normally, but then he slurs a little. In the middle of nowhere. Caught, you got something caught in your teeth. Yeah, that, yeah. It's like you've got an apple in the back. <laughs> Um, and if, like we said, if you've got an impression, that you not, we just want to hear from you guys. If you've got an impression, send it in. We will play it on the show if it's good enough. Yeah, if it's good enough, because we don't want to embarrass you more oh, than anything. Oh, but no, if it's bad, we'll play it as well. And then I'll embarrass you. <laughs> <laughs> so if you think you can do a half decent impression, send it through. I'm waiting on a good bleeding gums, Murphy. Yeah, send it through to um, what's our email? No, don't send, send it through to the page. Send it to the Facebook page. Just send yeah. us a message on Facebook. Facebook.com/slash Four Finger Discount. We're on twenty six thousand likes at the moment. If you haven't liked us yet, please like. Cause I'm assuming everyone that listens to the show has liked us on Facebook by this point. I'd hope so. You'd assume so. Yeah. Also, follow us on Twitter at Four Finger Pod and Instagram. Instagram is going really well at the moment as well. So at Four Finger Discount. Yep. Anywhere else they can find us? Uh, Podbean. Podbean, yes, yeah. So as we said last week, we've changed. A couple of people have said, "Oh, from work, oh, the latest episode, I can't find it yet." Because they, they actually go straight to the Podcast Garden website. Oh, okay, yeah. So, so stop going to Podcast Garden. Yeah, so what I've done is I've actually put up a file that has no MP3 just saying we have moved to Podbean with a link. Yeah, okay, So that's, cool. that's the last one on Podcast Garden. But yeah, if you haven't updated your RSS yet... Suckers. Please do so. We're all we're available now on fourfingerdiscount.podbean.com. Yep. Yep. So thanks for listening, guys. Really do appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed our review of Lisa versus... No, Homer versus Lisa and the Eighth <laughs> Commandment. Any final words, Mitch? <coughs> <laughs> See you guys later.